Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 20. In this episode, we are covering chapters 6 and 7 from the book Ruin and Rising. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moisevayenyi, casters. This week, we would like to give a very special hello to our listeners in Ashburton, Australia. And Mobile, Alabama. And Gardalide in Germany. Thank you for listening. Woohoo! Yes. That is rocking. We love just, we love our listeners and we love that now we can actually see where all our, our listeners are coming from. That's it's exciting. Kind of, I know. So if you hear your city, know we are talking about Shout you. out. That's you. That is you. Number one, you. Mm hmm. <laughs> yes. So. Anyways, we got a lot of exciting stuff. This um we really had a lot of stuff happen in these chapters. But before we get to that, how you doing? How how you doing, girl? I'm doing well. Everything's kinda settled down and yeah. back in the routine and yeah, it's actually going pretty well. That's good. How are you? Uh, girl, I mean I'm I'm good spiritually. I um truthfully it's been really, really, really difficult. Um with me parenting um it's just been hard we've had a lot of um struggles recently um my my son who still we're we're fostering um is such a sweet kid he's just um he's dealt with a lot and it i guess the easiest way to say this is that honeymoon phase has gone away and faded um from when we first got him we're getting a little comfortable Yes, and we now we're starting to see him trying to push some buttons, seeing what he can get away with, and you know he's um unfortunately because of what he's dealt with, there's there's a lot of anger there, and he's just been it's just been rough. This morning was heartbreaking for me. Um, luckily my husband is amazing and you know stood up for me, but it was. It was hard, and we've just um we're just struggling here for a minute. And um, the school's been great; they really are very helpful. We just um we've got a lot to work on, and he's. I just need him to try a little bit harder. To be honest, I mean, he just um right now he's he knows that he is doing things that are upsetting and wrong, and he says that he will fix them, but then he just doesn't. And I know that's got to be hard um, because it's a new situation, but we've explained to him that, I mean, I, I've seen him act good. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've seen him act good. And I know he can act good. Um, it's just we're kind of – he's also 13, so we're dealing with that puberty at the same time. Oh, yes. So he's kind of – pretend he'll pretend that he's he'll he'll pretend that he's not listening when i know he's listening and you know he just kind of like is this is my world and you're just happen to be in it and it's more like i'm your parent and i'm in it and you need to listen to me and um this morning was very very hard and um he's just kind of sometimes just you know those teenagers are know-it-alls my god um <laughs> what do you mean i wouldn't know <laughs> I only have two of them. I don't know. The other morning, actually, <laughs> um, so we've had a rough couple of days, but the other morning was kind of 
humorous to me to think about now. I um, I now have been getting getting him up, and he gets ready and rides the bus all on his own. And the other morning, I got up because I needed to prepare some stuff for my work. Um, we were having breakfast, so I was going to prepare some things. So I had to get up like an hour and a half early. So anyways, I'm preparing the breakfast for them, and I'm noticing that it's getting closer to the time that normally he rides the bus. And I'm like, hey, dude, like, it's 618. Shouldn't you, like, I mean, don't you need to be going outside? And he's like, actually, I have amazing hearing, and I wait till I hear the bus, and then I go outside. So I was like, you know what? You do this all the time. I'll let you do that. Well, I'm not even kidding. At like, this is just amazing clockwork. At that exact moment, I look through the window and I see the bus go, boom. <laughs> I mean, just fly by. There was no sounds or cowbells or anything to warn him and give him enough time to go outside. It was just, boom. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, really, like you don't listen for the bus and then go outside because that is practically impossible. <laughs> and he decided to fight a little bit with me on that. And he just, he's just, he can't admit that he's wrong. That's the issue we're having. And no, teenagers know better than you do. Yes, because I've only been on this planet way longer than him. Not going to tell you my age, bitches. <laughs> um, but... It has been rough, and we're just trying, and we're just repeatedly getting emails from his school about just his behavior, and he's just, he's got it. He's got to make some change. It's just, it's been really stressful on me, and um, the people even at my work came to me today and were really worried about me just because they could tell that I was just stressed and like I'm breaking out which I never do I always like I mean I just take very good care of my skin and I've continuously been breaking out and that's obviously due to stress and I'm just I'm trying as hard as I can um I've been not doing everything that I need to do for myself which people have told me I need to quit that out quit that and actually still be taking time to do things for myself but it's just hard to try to figure out how to do that and also I need to be there to do things for my kid so I mean you've got to like I just feel like that comes first I mean if I have the opportunity to go to the gym but I need to be at home with him I, I need to be at home with him and not I don't know I'm just it's weird. We're just still trying to get comfortable, but it's been like six months, and it's just it's it's a very rough patch right now. As as we as I said earlier, it's just the honeymoon phase is over, and now it's it's rough. It really is. It'll I, get better. I hope so. There's ups and there's downs. I I and you've said that to me, yeah, because you are my best friend. So we've had many conversations besides on here. I just, um, I have a special needs child. Yeah. I have been on the floor crying my eyes out. Yeah. Thinking that this is it for the rest of my life. What have I done? And then a couple of days go by and you forget about it and you move on. Yeah. And it just gets better. See, and like, and I there'll be another dip and you'll go through it again and then it'll get better again. I just look at your kids and they're so amazing. Your kids were um your kids were ring bearers in our wedding <laughs> they and were. they're just so sweet and so good and like I just That was a good day. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just um they're they're good and and my kid's good. He's sweet. <clears throat> and um I just I, I want I hope I'm just I, I don't mean to put pressure on him and I'm not. I, I I think it's just trying to find that balance. It's just it's very difficult that we've we've there's a lot obviously I'm not gonna say on here because it's it's just private, but we we've got a lot going on with him and trying to figure that out and it's just um I'm right now I'm just gonna say it was a bad day. Um haven't given up and um but I am I'm definitely at my wits end at the moment. Um but it's going to get better. It is. You're right. It will get better. And then there will be days that are worse than this. And you just have to accept that that is how it is. See, and that's where I guess my problem is, is this is this this period right now, these past couple of days has been the absolute worst. So I'm not used to this. And there will be worse days. As a teenage boy, there will be destruction. Ugh. And there will be car accidents and there will be all kinds of things that happen. God. And we just have to accept it. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard. And also, I mean, especially since he's still in the care, he's not in our care completely. Right. So we're having to deal with different, like, different organizations of helping us that actually are in charge of him and, like, trying to get all those blah, 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 blah. This is yeah. nothing. Yeah. You get it. But on the opposite, on everything else, I've um, been doing good. Um been still reading started reading the cruel prince by the way guys um that is um i guess lee bardugo quite likes that quite a bit because she actually was on the cover um had a little quote that she loved it and thought it was dark and twisted and like a really good novel so i'm reading it and anyways but um yeah so that's what's going on with me thanks for letting me like yammer about it especially to you all folks out there um i love you all and we're you know, we're we're a group. We're a team. So Little hey. Grisha family. Yeah. If any of y'all foster kids and have any advice or any stories, um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, just um email us. That would be fantastic. So um but let's get into our episode because y'all are interested in that. So let's move right on into our recap. So let's think, like, okay, la 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 last week <laughs> what do we have happen we were in the white underground cath- white cathedral yes we were in the white cathedral and we busted out of there we escaped that bitch we sure did we but <laughs> yeah we busted, busted out of there Busted out put the apparat in his place mm-hmm. yep Said, peace out peace out homie <laughs> and we, we went to the surface we got things to do and yeah, we got all the way through that with a lot of traveling, a lot of bickering. We had a lot of journals to like get there to lug around, lug those around, and then um, only co- to get caught again. Yep, and of course, our reading at the end ch- ended right at like a very exciting point. Of course, it did. Yeah, because it ended right when one of our favorite characters enters. Bum ba da da. Do, do, do. It was Nikolai. Nikolai. So that's going to lead us right into chapter six. So, yeah, Nikolai. Luckily, it is Nikolai who has come to save the day. And he has, and he's done it. And um, he helps lead them. Um, there's a lot of fighting going on. 
of course. Um, but he helps lead them to a field, which I find this very fascinating. Um, he leads them to a field that then gets like lifted up. Yeah, it like, wasn't so, really a field. So like they had to like decorate like this like platform to look like a field, <laughs> randomly be able to get everybody that he needs on there and then lift it. In my mind, it was kind of like a spacecraft. <laughs> it was like well, a UFO, which I guess it kind of is. Well, yeah. But it, it was very like space age in my head where yeah. just like the floor just comes up. Yeah. But I mean, like, imagine like you're surprised, like if you're just standing <laughs> on the ground and then all of a sudden, like where you are just starts levitating. Especially in like the Grishaverse where they don't have such things. They don't have yeah. the things that we have. So that has to be a really su- weird. So a surprise. Yeah. So they lift up. Um and Tamar then and Mal jump back down because they they kind of have this conversation with Nikola, I'm pretty sure, that they've got to kill all these militiamen because they don't want anybody left alive to tell anybody that they got the Sun Summoner. Yep, they saw him with the Sun Summoner, and they're going to go tattle. Yeah, so, I mean, good point. You got to do it. Yeah. And um, during— no, su- no survivors. No survivors. But what's interesting during this is Alina saves Mal's life by actually using the cut. Yeah. Swoop. I don't think that's how the cut sounds, but you know. It might sound a little scarier than that. Probably, because it's like a crackling of thunder. And yeah. then it's like, bam. And it's, you know, deadly. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden you look and someone's just like, cut, <laughs> cut in half, <laughs> you know. Um, that's so, going to be fun to see on that will, screen. Yeah. Somebody I, just cut in half. <laughs> my God. That is. Uh, so that happens. And. Eventually, they all are safe. They are on one of Nikolai's flying ships. I believe it's called the Pelican. The Pelican. Yes. It's a big one. Is a big one. It's used for, and that's, that's, I think it's big because, like, they use it for cargo. cargo. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's got more room. Um, She said it's smoother. Yeah. It's good to be smooth. (laughs) You know, that's nice. And um, I guess David is obsessed with, like, studying it. Oh, yeah, because it's, like, made of, like, a special Grisha metal. Yeah. So he's, like, on the floor, like, rubbing it. Yeah, he's just obsessed with it. He's just like, (laughs) the materials are so cool. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. It is cute. I love David. I really do. He's just such a... Oh, yeah. Such a sweet... He's a lovable little dorky guy, and it's cute. He is, and I bet he's very handsome. Oh, I bet he is, too. Because, I mean, he's he's got to be. So well, Jinya had her eye on him, so yeah, you know he's got to look good. So he's cute. Might not talk a lot, which is great. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so as they start to settle, Alina is happy that Nikolai does not recognize Jinya. So that's like a big one. So he reminds all his Grisha not to use her real name. Yeah, uh, because. Of the last battle, uh huh, she went back and she was fighting for the Darkling, and she went yeah. back to the Darkling. So, yeah, so they don't want that to get across to Nikolai because Nikolai ain't gonna be too happy. No, no, because I mean, and also she supposed like rumored, it's rumored at this point that she tried to to kill the to king, kill the king, yeah, her his father. So, yeah, so she scurries around making sure all the Grisha are like, shh, don't say a name. So. Nikolai and Alina 
catch each other up on kind of what has been happening. You know, it's been a while since they've seen each other. Um, and kind of what went on the night of the attack of, in Oz Alta. And that is actually what we are about to do in scene one. So um, hold on to your seats, folks. You're about to hear it. Um, this is scene one where I will be playing Nikolai. And Terry is going to play Alina. So, um, okay. So get ready, folks. Here we are, scene one. Curtain up. I'm just happy you're alive, I said, hastily blinking my eyes clear. Though I'm sure you could talk me out of it. Glad to see you, too. Word was you'd gone underground, but it was more like you'd vanished completely. It did feel like being buried alive. Is the rest of your party there? This is it. You can't mean... This is all that remains of the Second Army. The Darkling has his, Grisha, and you have yours, but... I trailed off. Nikolai surveyed the deck. Mal and Toya were deep in conversation with a member of Nikolai's crew, helping to tie down ropes and maneuver a sail. Someone had found Mal a jacket, but he was still short a pair of boots. David was running his hands over the deck as if he were trying to disappear into it. The others were clustered into little groups. Jinya was huddled with Nadja and the other ethereal Kai. Stig had gotten stuck with Sergei, who slumped on the deck, his head buried in his hands. Tamar was seeing Deharshal's wounds as Ancat dug her claws into his leg, her fur standing on end. The tabby obviously didn't enjoy flying. All that remains, Nikolai repeated. One healer chose to stay underground. After a long minute, I asked, How did you find us? I didn't, really. Militias have been preying on our smuggling routes. We couldn't afford to lose another shipment, so I came after Luchenko. Then Tamar was spotted in the square, and when we realized the camp, they were moving on was yours, I thought, why not get the girl? And the guns? He grinned. Exactly. Thank goodness we had the foresight to be captured. Very quick thinking on your part, I commend you. How are the king and queen? He snorted and said, fine, bored. There's little for them to do. He adjusted the cuff of his coat. They took Vasily's loss hard. I'm sorry, I said. In truth, I'd spared little thought for Nikolai's older brother. He brought it on himself, but I'm surprised to say I'm sorry, too. I need to know, did you get Bagra out? At great trouble and with little thanks. You might have warned me about her. She's a treat, isn't she? Like a fine plague. He reached out and tugged on a lock of my white hair. Bold choice. I pushed the loose strands behind my ear self-consciously. It's all the fashion underground. Is it? It happened during the battle. I hoped it might turn back, but it seems to be permanent. My cousin Ludovic woke up with a white streak in his hair after he almost died in a house fire. Claimed the ladies found it was very dashing. Of course, he also claimed the house fire was set by ghost, so who can say? Poor cousin Ludovic. Nikolai leaned back on the railing and studied the balloon tethered above us. At first, I'd assumed it was canvas, but now I thought it might be sick silk coated with rubber. Alina, he began. I was so unused to seeing Nikolai ill at ease that it took me a moment to realize he was struggling for words. Alina, 
The night the palace was attacked, I did come back. Was that what was worrying him? That I thought he'd abandoned me? I never doubted it. What did you see? The grounds were dark when I flew over. Fires had broken out in a few places. I saw David's dishes shattered on the roof and the lawn of the low palace. The chapel had collapsed. There were Nietzsche-Voya crawling all over it. I thought we might be in trouble, but they didn't spare the Kingfisher a second look. They wouldn't, not with their master trapped and dying beneath a heap of rubble. I'd hoped there might be some way to retrieve Vasily's body, he said, but it was no good. The whole place was overrun. What happened? The Nichevoya attacked the little palace. By the time I arrived, one of the dishes was already down. I dug my nail into the rail of the ship, scratching a little half-moon. We never had a chance. I didn't want to think about the main hall streaked with blood, the body strewn all over the roof, the floor, the stairs, broken heaps of blue, red, and purple. And the Darkling? I tried to kill him. As one does. <laughs> by killing myself. I see. I brought the chapel down, I said. You? Well, the Nichevoya did, at my command. You can command them. Already I could see him calculating a possible advantage. Always the strategist. Don't get excited, I said. I had to create my own Nichevoya to do it. And I had to be in direct contact with the Darkling. Oh, he said grumpily. But once you've found the firebird... I'm not sure, I admitted. But... I hesitated. I'd never spoken this thought aloud. Among Grisha, it would be considered heresy. Still, I wanted to say the words, wanted Nikolai to hear them. I hoped he might understand the edge it would give us, even if he couldn't grasp the hunger that drove me. I think I may be able to build my own army. Soldiers of light? That's the idea. Nikolai was watching me. I could tell he was choosing his words carefully. You once told me that Merzos isn't like the small science, that it carries a high price. I nodded. How high, Alina? I thought of a girl's body crushed beneath a mirror dish, her goggles askew, of Marie torn open in Sergei's arms, of Jinya huddled in her shawl. I thought of church walls, like pieces of bloody parchment crowded with the names of the dead— I wasn't just it wasn't just righteous fury that guided me though. It was my need for the firebird. Banked, but always burning. It doesn't matter, I said firmly. I'll pay it. Nikolai considered this, then said Very well. That's it? No sage words, no dire warnings? Saint Selena, I hope you weren't looking to me for to be the voice of reason. I keep to a strict diet of ill-advised enthusiasm and heartfelt regret. He paused, his grin fading. But I'm truly sorry for the soldiers you lost and that I didn't do more that night. Below us, I could see the beginnings of the white reaches of the permafrost and far beyond the shape of mountains in the distance. What could you have done, Nikolai? You would have just gotten yourself killed. You still might. It was harsh, but it was also the truth. Against the Darkling Shadow Soldiers, everyone, no matter how brilliant or resourceful, was close to helpless. You never know, said Nikolai. I've been busy. I might have some surprise in store for the Darkling yet. Please tell me you plan to dress up as a Volcra and jump out of a cake. Well, now you've ruined the surprise. He pushed off the railing. I need to pilot us over the border. The border? We're heading into Fjorda. Oh, good! Enemy territory, and here I was starting to relax.
end scene. Well, wasn't that just lovely? That's a fun one. That really was. I think one of my favorite parts about that is we hear Bogger still alive. Yes. I love that. No longer missing in action. Yes, I love it. And I just love his sarcasm about how just she has obviously not changed. Um, I love that he just says that she's just like a fine plague. That is hilarious to me. Um, Just love it. And also Nikolai's attitude when all of these things are happening and we just killed somebody. And he's just still joking around. Yep. Yeah. So calm. Well, and and see, that's the blissful part about this character is he's just absolutely so lovable. He is. And he deserves to be the king of Ravka and just, you know, he he just deserves that position. He's he's humble, he's he's courteous, he's he's kind. My god, I sound like I'm a boy scout. <laughs> um, he's just He can handle any situation. He really can. And he and then Oh my gosh, we can't forget about the crazy part at the end. He is, he's taking them to Fjorda. Yeah. Which is like. Unheard of. Which is bad witch territory. Um, They do not like witches there. And that is where he's taking them. So Alina's like, what? <laughs> so anyways, I really love that. Um, I, I like that scene just because it's a good one. Nikolai and Alina get to little talk a little bit and you know we we get some good info in in there so um continuing on Nikolai takes them to his new hideout in Fjorda which is obviously as we just said in enemy territory so Alina and everyone um once they get there they um obviously it's cold but they get a tour of the grounds and Alina asks what this used to be because it's a monstrosity. It kind of reminds me of like a James Bond like lair. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. It does. A secret lair. And it's huge. In a mountain. It, which is so kind of cool. It is cool. See, and then when I think about that, it reminds me of the last Harry Potter, the crimes of grindelwald that came out where you find out where like his lair is at the end um and that's just um grindelwald's which is like in this mountain too it's just kind of neat so anyways but that obviously had nothing to do with this because this was written way before that hollowed out mountains are good for secret layers yeah well they're hard to find so they get a tour of it and alina asked what this used to be and it was the monastery of Saint Demian. And that all of a sudden sparks Alina's interest because she's read she's read read the Istori Sanctia and remembers a little bit about that. But this place is not obviously called the Monastery of Saint Demian. It is actually called the Spinning Wheel, or at least that's what they're calling it. It's a fun name. Yeah, it is. And what's cool about it is Alina starts to notice just how cool this place is. The pillars are made up of, like, these, like, cool constellations. um, And the ceiling is, like, all glass. Um, Obviously, Nikolai has definitely been at work. Oh, yes. Yeah. And everything's heated. The floor's heated. Yeah. That's why there's no frost on anything. He's He's been at it. So I've got a quote here. 
I was impressed, but also unnerved. Being around Nikolai was always like this, watching him shift and change, revealing secrets as he went. He reminded me of the wooden nesting dolls I'd played with as a child, except instead of getting smaller, he just kept getting grander and more mysterious. Tomorrow, he'd probably tell me he'd built a pleasure palace on the moon. Tough to get to, but quite a view. End quote. And, um, yeah, we just... I just love Nikolai, so. <laughs> Come to Nikolai's Pleasure Palace on the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets what? available now. Would not surprise me. <laughs> no, not at all. Coming in your next book. <laughs> so, and this is kind of cool. Um, during all this, Nikolai actually ends up giving a compliment to Alina about Mal, which is huge. Um which gets her thinking. And um, so here's another quote. I remembered what the apparat had said. Men fight for Ravka because the king commands it. Mal had always been a gifted tracker, but he'd been a soldier because he, because we were all soldiers, because we had no choice. What was he fighting for now? I thought of him diving from the mesh platform, his knife moving across the militia, Militiaman's throat. I am become a blade. End quote. And by the way, oh my gosh, I forgot. Um, producer, are you around by chance? Um, okay. Um, I wish my producer was around where he's listening because I needed him for a second. Um, after we did last week's episode, my husband helped realize what I am become a blade he thinks kind of comes from. So would you mind sharing with us real quickly what you shared with me? Yeah. In the Hindu scripture of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the line is, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Wow. So that's just kind of neat because, I mean, I think like Lee does take a lot of her writing, like, I mean, she does a lot of studying of history and things like that. And, like, that just seems very familiar. I think it's the only time on Google I've ever seen that sentence structure. Now I am become something. So Yeah, it's the same kind of language. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Shout out to Hinduism. Yeah. And it's just it's just cool. I love it when um, authors take things from actual history and bring that into full spectrum into their works of art. Um, Interestingly enough, Oppenheimer actually quoted it, uh, and he he received a lot of credit for that line, but it actually came from the Hindu scripture. Oh, see, that's so cool. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Sure. Dang. Do you do you know Julius Robert Oppenheimer? No. He he was an American theoretical physicist and a professor of physics. Oh, well, shout out to him. Not to give you a history lesson. Well, it's okay. Well, you learn something new every day. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Beep, because you told me about that, and I just thought that was really cool. Um, we were listening to last week's podcast, like, and he all of a sudden, like, just told me, he's like, oh, yeah, when you guys were discussing that, I remembered this, and I didn't want to interrupt you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, next time, yes, you interrupt us. <laughs> like, tell us, because we were, like, sitting there, like, joking, like, this is horrible English. <laughs> yeah. And like you are, you're like, no, actually it comes from something that's actually really cool and <laughs> mystifying. It'll stop us from sounding dumb. Yeah. I, I can't help. Um, 
Yes. Do you remember the cup, the the coffee mug we have about your <laughs> husband? Oh, yes. I remember it. I do. What does it say? Well, I don't I don't, I don't need, need Google, Google because my I have my knows everything. Yeah. Well, I was going to say another <laughs> phrase of it, but yeah, I was pretty much going to say I don't need Google because I've got my husband. Yeah, so. same same thing. Exactly. Well, anyways, that was cool. So, I love love stuff like that. So, um anyways, moving on, Alina pretty much wants to visit Bagra and tells Nikolai that he would like her to take her to he wants to she wants to go see Bagra. Blah blah blah. My English was like my words were like, so we want to go see Bagra. When she finally gets there, she speaks with Misha, who we haven't we haven't heard that name in a long time. But Misha, just a reminder, is Bagra's little servant. He's like only seven years seven. old. Cute little boy, a seven year old boy. Kind of like a little servant boy. Yeah. But obviously they have a cute little tight relationship. And um she's obviously taking care of him. And she tells Misha and lets him know that she wants to actually, Alina, she wants to bring other kids to the spinning wheel. She wants to bring the students. The orphanage place, right? Yeah. Yeah. With all the little kids that they got out before the the attack. That and like I believe also like all the students. The students, yeah. yeah. All the students. So um because he's complaining that he's like alone. I have no one to play with. Well yeah, because he's hanging out with Bagra, who's like <laughs> three thousand yeah, years that- old. I mean that can't be exciting. <laughs> That's not good for early childhood development. No. So that is going to lead us into our next scene where I am going to be playing Bagra and Terry is going to be playing Alina. So here we go. Curtain up. You look well. I wouldn't know, she said sourly. Did you mean what you said to Misha? Are you thinking of bringing the students here? The children from the Grisha school at Oz Alta had been evacuated to Crimson, along with the teachers and Botkin, my old combat instructor. Their safety had been nagging at me for months, and now I was in a position to do something about it. If Nikolai agrees to house them at the spinning wheel, would you consider teaching them? Humph, she said with a scowl. Someone has to. Who knows what garbage they've been learning with that bunch? I smiled. Progress indeed. But my smile vanished when Bagra wrapped me on the knee with her stick. Ow! I yelped. The woman's aim was uncanny. Give me your wrists. I don't have the firebird. She lifted her stick again, but I flinched out of the way. All right, all right. I took her hand and laid it on my bare wrist. As she groped nearly up to my elbow, I asked, How does Nikolai know you're the Darkling's mother? He asked, He's more observant than the rest of you fools. She must have been satisfied that I wasn't somehow hiding the third amplifier because she dropped my wrist with a grunt. And you just told him? Bagra sighed. These are my son's secrets, she said wearily. It's not my job to keep them any longer. Then she leaned back. So you failed to kill him only once? Yes. I cannot say I'm sorry. 
In the end, I'm even weaker than you, little saint. I hesitated, then blurted, I used, I used Merzost. Her shadow eyes flew open. For what? I, I didn't do it myself. I used the connection between us, the one created by the Collar, to control the Darkling's power. I created Nichevoya. Bagra's hand scrambled for mine. She seized my wrist in a painful grip. You must not do this again, girl. You must not trifle with this kind of power. This is what created the fold. Only misery can come of it. I may not have a choice, Bagra. We know the location of the Firebird, or at least we think we do. Once we find Your it... Your sacrifice own another ancient life for the sake of your own power. Maybe not, I protested weakly. I showed the stag mercy. Maybe the Firebird doesn't have to die. Listen to you. This is not some children's story. The stag had to die for you to claim its power. The firebird is no different. And this time, the blood will be on your hands. Then she laughed her low, mirthless chuckle. The thought doesn't bother you as much as it should, does it, girl? No, I admitted. Have you no clue for what there is to be to lose for the damage you may cause? I do, I said miserably. I do, but I'm out of options, and even if I weren't, she dropped my hands. You would seek it just the same. I won't deny it. I want the Firebird. I want the Amplifier's combined power, but it doesn't change the fact that no human army can stand against the Darkling's shadow soldiers. Abomination against abomination. If that is what it took... Too much had been lost for me to turn away from any weapon that might make me strong enough to win this fight. With or without Bagra's help, I would have to find a way to wield Merzost. I hesitated. Bagra, I've read Morozova's journals. Have you now? Did you find them stimulating reading? No, I found them infuriating. To my surprise, she laughed. My son poured over those pages as if they were holy writ. He must have read through them a thousand times, questioning every word. He began to think there were codes hidden in the text. He held the pages over flames, searching for invisible ink. In the end, he cursed Moritzova's name. As had I. Only David's obsession persisted. It had nearly gotten him killed today when he'd insisted on dragging that pack with him. I hated to ask it, hated to even put the possibility into words, but I forced myself to. Is there... is there any chance Moritzova left the cycle unfinished? Is there a chance he never created the third amplifier? For a while, she was silent, her expression distant, her blind gaze locked on something I couldn't see. Moritzova never could have left that undone, she said softly. It wasn't his way. End scene. Good job, girl. We did good. That was, there was a lot of stuff going on in there. There was. Uh, So now Bagra knows. Yeah. Exactly what her plan is. Yeah. And she is pissed. But she she also called her out. Yeah. She did. She's like, it doesn't bother you at all, does it? Nope. Nope. (laughs) That's why I love Bagra. She's just, she's such a little, little spitfire. She sure is a spitfire. She is. So anyways, this conversation ends, but right as it ends, Mal comes in to tell Alina that there is something wrong with Jenya and the king. So, entering into chapter 7. 
So Sergey, this wonderful Grisha, accidentally let Genya's name slip, and now the king wants to meet with her. Oh, oopsie, whoopsie doodle. So of course Genya is terrified, but all the Grisha, which luckily all rally around her. Alina tells her that nothing is going to happen um, to her, um, even though she um, is tried to pretend like she's just trying to help her make her feel better. She's not going to let anything happen to her. Um, she she wants to protect Jinya. Um, so they um, travel to Nikolai's war room, I guess in this place, and to to visit with the king. And when Jinya enters, the king and the queen gasped, gasp because of Jinya's appearance. They haven't seen her look that yeah, it's way. changed a little bit. Just a little bit. But there's a lot of history there. I mean, we've got to remember, um, we read the tailor, and we heard Jinya's side of all this story, which was very sad. Pretty yeah. much that the king is a douche, and just because... She was a servant. She he got what he wanted with her. Yes. Um that was his that's his excuse. Yeah. But so, she she's a servant. Yeah. So the king orders that she is a traitor and he wants her head. Jinya then says, and this is her quote, if he cannot be tried for his failures as a king, let him be tried for his failures as a man. Boom. End quote. Boom, snap. Bomb diggity, ooh, girl, you got that shitty, dirty man. She is not going down without a fight. No, and what a great line. I mean, you know what? That's awesome. So Ginny admits that she did poison the king, but... Slowly. Exactly. Not the way, and not to kill him. Like, not the way that they think. Um, And here's how she describes it in this quote. Once, so she's talking about the poison... Once it built, and she put it all over her skin. So, and her lips. Her lips and all over her skin. Once it builds up in the victim system, a threshold is reached. The organs begin to fail, and the degeneration is irreversible. It's not a killer, it's a thief. It steals years, and he will never get them back. So, that is in quote. So that's interesting. I mean, it's not killing him. It's just going to take years off his life. Yes. He will die a natural death sooner. Go, girl. Way yeah. To, way to figure. And she figured that out. Yes. She did that. And David's very impressed. Yeah, because, I mean, she has always been just kind of known as, like, this little Grisha that doesn't know where to fit and what to do. And really, she's. She's a smart cookie. She is. She's been studying. I'm proud of her. That's why I also love her. Oh, my God. I love everyone. Anyways. <laughs> Jinya then explains that she did it by putting it all over her skin. Every time he kissed her, he would get a small amount of the poison. Nikolai does not believe it. He asks his father whether he did this. And what's his answer? She is a servant, Nikolai. I didn't have to force her. Yeah. Disgusting. Yes. Disgusting. Horrifically disgusting. Especially in this time and day. Yes. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Fuck you men. You cannot have your way with women. 
Women, our people, are amazing people. We would not be here without them because none of us are born without women. And you men, you misogynistic piece of shit, rapist, douchebag, fuck. Yes, uh, this is yeah. definitely going to be explicit, but <laughs> it gets me very upset because this happens in this world today. Women are women, and they are strong and do not deserve the shit that men bring on to them and yes i'm a man but i am ashamed ashamed of the other men that think that they can do this to women and it is disgusting thank you i will get off my soapbox sorry about that i just so passionate about it it's just disgusting it is it's just it's horrible that women have to deal with this their entire lives and i don't but like i just could just I can't even imagine what it's like to be a woman and have to deal with this. And you deal with it pro- from the moment you are you go through puberty, probably and before, before that. It's disgusting. It is so sad, and that is our world. And people need to be punished for it. And oh my god, it really makes my skin boil. So um. This chapter brought up a lot of feelings for me, and especially just hearing this. I just, it makes me just want to take every woman and girl in this world and hug them, kiss them, love them, and protect them. Me, little old gay man. Oh, well, we're glad to have you. Well, I am your advocate and will get out there with something (laughs) and kill anybody that comes near you and tries to do anything. I'm not good at violence, but for you, I will be. Oh. Thanks. Of course. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So anyways, I'll calm down. Okay. Getting back. Yes, breathe. Okay. Back into Grishaverse. So Nikolai commands then that the king write a letter of abdication or he will see him hanged. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Towards a king. I mean, I know he's not like king of much right now, but still. Still, your son is doing that, yeah. like, but, which is cool. That's awesome that his son sees how horrible his actions are. That, I mean. But he, that's gutsy. It is, but hey, it's true. You either stop being king or I'm going to hang you. And <laughs> he's got the people behind him that'll do it. The king, of course, tries to fight this, but it doesn't hold any water. Uh So the king decides to deliver one last blow to Nikolai before leaving. And he says, here's the quote, You are no Lansov, snarled the king. Nikolai merely bowed. I find I can live with that fact. End quote. Thank you, Nikolai. (laughs) Because he doesn't want to be. And he's not real. like, I mean, I mean, who knows what he is? I mean, it didn't hurt him knowing that he's not a Lansov. No. Yeah. But if, if, like, the Lansoff men are not all that great, then why would you want to be a part of that anyway? Exactly. So he's probably got better blood in him anyways. Exactly. Because he doesn't do... Well, yeah, obviously, because we got Vasily, that mm-hmm. douche, who is a Lansoff. So who would want to be a Lansoff exactly. anyways? Lord. So the king then decides to say one last blow to Jenya now. Of course. Ugh, here we go. This one's a little long, but it's a good one. He paused before Jenya, his eyes roving over her. At least now you look like what you truly are, he said. Ruined. I could see the word hit her like a slap. Razrushaya, the ruined. 
the name the pilgrims had whispered when she'd first come among them. Mal moved forward. Tamar's hands went to her axes, and I heard Tolia growl. But Jenya halted them with a hand. Her spine stiffened, and her remaining eye blazed with conviction. Remember me when you board that ship, Moitzar. Remember me when you take your last look at Ravka as it slips beneath the horizon. She leaned in and whispered something to him. The king paled, and I saw her real fear in her in his eyes. Jinya drew back and said, I hope the taste of me was worth it. End quote. The king and queen finally exit, obviously, and that's great because we do find out. David then tries to talk to Jinya, and here's what that conversation goes. Jenya, David tried. Don't you dare, she said roughly, tears welled, welling up again. You never looked at me twice before I was like this, before I was broken. Now I'm just something for you to fix. I was desperate for words to soothe her, but before I could find any, David bunched up his shoulders and said, I know metal. What does that have to do with any anything, Jenya cried. David furrowed his brow. I I don't understand half of what goes on around here. I don't get jokes or sunsets or poetry, but I know metal. His fingers flexed unconsciously as if he were physically grasping for words. Beauty was your armor. Fragile stuff all, all show. But what's inside you? That's steel. It's brave and unbreakable, and it doesn't need fixing. He drew in a deep breath then, awkwardly stepped forward. He took her face in his hands and kissed her. Jinya went rigid. I thought she'd push him away, but then she threw her arms around him and kissed him back emphatically. End quote. Oh, David went and got all sweet. I love it. I love, love, love it. And he made a move. He did. Oh. And that's David, you know, taken up for his girl. So... Nikolai does say that they that after this war he um he's going to decide what her punishment is for the crimes that she has done and Alina then asked Jenya what she whispered in the king's ear and this is amazing and I'm about to butcher this Ravkin Na Raz Rushaya Aya Raz Rushost I am not ruined I am Ruin Nation. End quote. Boom. Want that tattooed if I could get one on my back. <laughs> but you I, can't. I am Ruin Nation. Because if you got that tattooed on you, you would be ruined. I would be. In a weird twist of irony. Yep. And in the <laughs> the side of the Jewish cemetery. I bet there's a lot of cool people there, though. Actually, that would be really cool to do that, though. To put, I am not ruined. I'm Ruin Nation. And ruin yourself by doing that? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's deep. It is. <laughs> I am ruined nation. So, back in Alina's room, Mal and Alina talk about what happened. They discuss her using the cut to save his life and how it felt good to use her powers again. She expresses her fear about getting more power and changing and Mal says how he has seen her constantly fight for her friends and what is right and that she will make an excellent ruler of Ravka. So go Mal for giving your girl a little props. <laughs> Alina asks about Mal's tattoo now. And this is what he says. Here's the quote. 
It's an oath in old Ravkin, but why take on that mark? This time, he didn't blush or turn away. It's a promise to be better than I was, he said. It's a vow that if I can't be anything else to you, at least I can be a weapon in your hand, he shrugged. And I guess it's a reminder that wanting and deserving aren't the same thing. End quote. Good quote. It is. Way to think about it. Yes. So. That, and that kind of starts the, um, I guess, a little bit of the conversation of he wants to be with her. Right. But he shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. She has better things in her path. Yeah. And there's just so much going forward. I mean, that is going forward. I mean, they've just got a lot on their hands. Where, I mean. She needs to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And him being with her. That's not how that works. Nope. So. And he's being the bigger man. He is. And admitting it. Finally. Right? God. It's about time, Mal, but good job. So he admits that he just wants her to be his, but, I mean, he can't, but he can't give her an army and. Can't give her a country. Nope. But, um, yeah, Alina agrees, though. I mean, he can't give her all that and, um. Yeah, but I think that will change. Anyways, Alina, Al- Alina. <laughs> Alina then meets with Bagra, who helps her harness her power to take the top off of a mountain. So this is practice. She uses her powers plus what she has learned from Moritzova's journals, where he talks about everything would be the same if you broke it down into small enough pieces, which I think is a very interesting, you know, piece of magic, you know? It is, but you could also use that in your everyday life Yeah, for anxiety. Everything would be the same if you broke it down into small enough pieces. Hmm. Like it. So she takes that, and what does she do? Whack! She cuts off the top. Crazy. Uh, 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 It's just funny. She cuts the top off even with spectators watching. Like just picturing that is, that's a lot. That's crazy. Just like chopping the top Whoosh. of a mountain. Whoosh. It is goners. But <laughs> hey, that works. So anyways, that is the end of our reading section for tonight. So now we are going to go into Grisha Cast News. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Anyways, next time Terry's going to join me on that one. I am. I promise. So there's been a lot of kind of stuff going on 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 Spotify, Lord, (laughs) on all our social medias. Everybody is pretty much just saying, you know, it's ending the filming. Thank you. Um, But we've got definitely a note from Lee. I believe it's from an email, and I'll read it really quickly because it's not too long. I spent the last week in Budapest on the set of the Netflix adaptation of Shadow and Bone. I'm on deadline for King of Scars 2 and a couple of other projects, and I'm worried about the time and the travel and the jet lag. But I'm so glad I didn't miss this. The cast is just days from wrapping, and it meant so much to get to spend a little time with them again to see how kind and funny and generous they are with each other. <coughs> Excuse me. And to see our extraordinary crew at work. Collaborating on a project of this scale means compromise. 
It means not always getting your way and making peace with that. But it has also made for some truly magical surprises that I never could have anticipated. Don't get me wrong, the jet lag was brutal, and now I've got a book to finish, but wow, was it worth it. So, little information there, so we know we're finishing with King of Scars, which is very exciting for your Grisha cast peeps. And there's been a lot of different, like, set photos coming out. Nothing that you can tell what they are. No secrets. Nothing of that. Um... But it's exciting to see that she's got some other stuff coming out. I mean, because she keeps on saying King of Scars 2, but also some other little tidbit things coming. So that's kind of neat. There also was this interesting email that I got about, like, a Grishaverse passport um, that you can get. And it looks like you can get it at the Chicago Comic an entertainment expo, the North Texas Teen Book Festival, and the Emerald City Comic Con. And if you don't go to there, those, it also says that there's more information to come. Um, I want one of those. Like, want one of those. We but, deserve. But I'm not going one to of those. any of those places. No. <laughs> so if any of y'all go, I will pay you <laughs> to get me one of those. It says, um, and we have something special coming your way very soon, so keep an eye on Fierce Reads and Grishaverse social channels. So, yeah, it looks really neat. It looks like they're, you know, where in a passport everybody would stamp. You get your stamp for each place. It looks like they've got a stamp for the Firebird, for Moritz of a Stag. Looks like one for Kirch. Um, but this is all just from a picture, so... By God, if I don't get one of those, hell will break loose. So if you have any information on how to get one now, let me know. I'm sure they'll be on eBay after the event. Oh, but I better get it soon. (laughs) So anyways, we're getting a lot closer. There's still a lot of pictures of Lee with all of the actors and actresses. And yeah, so just keep your ears peeled. Speaking of keeping your ears peeled. Yes. So, okay, get ready, folks. This is some pretty big news. Big. Yes. Huge. Okay. So, and I'd like to, I I hope you all are sitting down because this is big. Don't hyperventilate on us. Lee Bardugo is going to be coming on the show in this summer, (laughs) on sometime this summer. I will be reaching out with her producer in May, mid-May, and discussing more about it, of what's going to happen, probably sending questions and things like that, and um, because we are just kind of playing around with what she's going to do, but she will be on our show. This is the first time we've told you, and I told you some big news was coming when my husband called me and told me that the email came in that... Lee accepted it. I was crying in the Planet Fitness parking lot like a baby. So, here is what I ask of you. If you have any questions that are not questions that have been asked before, okay, like really dig deep. I've listened to a lot of interviews, and we all know about some of this stuff. 
I'd really like to make this very personal and interesting for her as well. So I can't promise you that we're going to get it on the air, but um, we're going to see what we can do. Who knows how many, many of you respond, because truthfully, I mean, we're just going to see. So let's see. If you respond, all you need to do is email us and um, let us know. You're more than welcome to tweet it, um, Instagram it, whatever you'd like to do. But if you have a specific question that you would like to ask Lee, I would love to know. We've got a little bit of time here, so I will remind you as we get closer to time. I can't give you an actual date of when that podcast will come out because we don't even know exactly what date we're recording it. But we do know it will be happening sometime this summer. So, And we have an email address, don't we, where you can send those questions to. I was going to say, definitely make sure to mention the new website. Yes, so go to... Greece, we now own com, so go there. And you can email us at info at com. So email your questions to info at com, and that will come directly to us. Yay, which is perfect. So you've got lots of different options to try. Um, do, like, I mean, obviously email is very easy, but if you don't have that and you would rather do social media, that's fine, too, because, I mean, you know. But spread the word, too. Let others know. This is a big deal um, for us, and especially since it's going to be done after she has wrapped up the filming. We might be able to finally ask some questions that she hasn't been able to answer because of it. I'm sure there's going to be restrictions, but, you know. Oh, yeah. But believe us, Terry and I are going to get what we can. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very excited. We're going to do some fun stuff. I've I, we've already got some great ideas. Um, um, she's definitely going to have to do some Fjord and Mary kills, and I can't wait to introduce her to that. So oh, yes. That's going to be fun, especially hearing from her. Well, so that's the end of our Grisha cast news. We have one listener thank you. I'd like to thank Yael Ross, and I want to thank you specifically for telling me that you enjoy our quotes and you enjoy our scenes. That means a lot Aww, because we put, a, we put a lot of work into those. We do. So thank you so much. And um, last thing, if you would not, if you don't mind, please go to iTunes and rate us. It means a lot. Leave a little bit of a comment. That'd be great. We just, um, that's going to really help us. We are moving up in this world and going to be making some changes. We're in the very last book of the Grisha series, but once we hit Six of Crows, we actually plan on making some pretty big changes. We're just going to open up the field a little bit. So we You're are going to see a uh, lot of changes. Yes, literally. <laughs> if you'd like to. If you want to see us, you will be able to subscribe to some YouTube channel and watch us. If you want. It's just to get the word out there. But we are your number one Grisha cast and coming at you with all the Grishaverse news. We are here. We are the number one and we love you all. No one else is doing this out there, so we got to do it. And I think we're doing a damn good, fine job. Yeah, we are. Yes. So anyways, that was a lot of info. We love you all. Um, And yeah, it was so hard to not tell you that stuff. And I'm so glad we finally got to it. So <laughs> stay tuned. For the exact time. You don't want to miss it. 
You don't. And if you want to have a question answered, I would get that in as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. So, um, anyways, that's it for me. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And, oh, real quickly, sorry. Next week, we're going to be covering chapters 8, 9, and 10. So, get to reading, folks. We love you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at grishacast.com. Send an email to info at grishacast.com. Follow us on Instagram at grishacast, Twitter at grishapodcast, and Facebook at grishacast.